0: Well, uh, Brian kind of uh, stole my sermon, you know. I, I, maybe I should just give an invitation and be done with it. You show them the slide, you know, whatever. Greatest gift ever, you know. Um, and and I've been asking people all along uh, what the greatest gift they've ever received at Christmas is. So I, I've got a little free time, you know, between now and 12 or before 12. Somebody tell me what the best gift was you got this christmas forgiveness is a wonderful gift is it not and family being together you know i i remember i had a seminary professor that would say that so many politicians run on a biblical platform biblical families there are a lot of families in the Bible that don't get along. So I don't know if you really want to run on that type of you know, platform. We want to run on the forgiveness platform. So thank you so much for sharing that. What a wonderful Christmas gift that is. Well, uh, kids, I, I asked a couple uh, of the kids. Um, I heard bicycles. Um, but what, I don't know what the latest gifts are this year. Uh, we talked a little bit about this Christmas Eve. Um, is there some video game that's out now that everybody wants? Yeah? Some of you don't care. Okay, all right, well, fine. So I had to start Googling, as I always do, and the one that I didn't get, I wouldn't have asked for it, but it was amazing to me. Those of you who are musicians, Lego put out a Fender Stratocaster guitar and amplifier. Like a $100 Lego thing, and I know Jack, if if Jack is here, uh, Ranhofer, I don't know, but, but he's a big Lego meister, so I mean, to put that together, even with like little plastic strings, you know, to, I don't think you can play it, but I was kind of excited for me. Uh, And Christmas gifts, we were talking about this even in my office. To to me, for them to be a memorable Christmas gift, there are probably at least three factors that you have to include. There there has to be a wow factor, and as we were talking about, uh, Wade was sharing a story that his um, sister had, one of her best Christmas gifts ever. It had that element of wow and surprise, so you might be able to blend those words together, because think about it. Some of the best gifts you've ever had had some surprise element in it, but it had a wow, like I mean, socks are not necessarily a wow thing. But if you have the need, that's the second one. If you need socks, wow. The need is a pretty good part of it, right? Have you ever been that? I mean, some of you maybe have have had a point where you didn't have the money to buy clothing. So you know what I'm talking about. So it's wow is one element. Need is another element. And then longevity is the latter part of that. All right? So... When you think about something that's going to last, because how many of you got that, I don't know, that gift that you had to have and midway through the year you didn't remember what the gift was? I mean, and how many of you have stood in line, as I talked about this on Christmas Eve, for a kid to get a gift that everybody wants and by, I don't know, two weeks later it's either broken or in the trash or they didn't play with it, they played with the box that it came in. So we've all been to that point, you know. So... Gifts, then, that are going to be great, at least in our human thought process, have wow, need, and longevity. Kindness has got to be up there in the greatest gifts you ever receive, right? And the kindness that comes from family, to tie in all the things I'm hearing, gifts that come from love, the gift of forgiveness, um, gifts that... You need gifts that have longevity and and I'll share with you one of my favorite gifts that she probably doesn't even know. My wife gave me a leather briefcase. I think either in Albuquerque we were stationed. We came here right after Albuquerque so maybe it was here in 98 when I came back to San Antonio for the second time. A leather briefcase back in the day when every military officer carried a briefcase or you know a lot of the guys who had admin jobs you know uh, officer or enlisted if you're coming into a desk job you had a briefcase and it's a leather one that I'm sure was expensive um, because you could just see the quality of the leather it wasn't a bonded leather it was genuine leather It had this wonderful smell and I carried that thing so long that now it's an antique it's got to be over 25 years so I mean if a car can be an antique at 25 my briefcase is an antique um, and what made it even more special, I mean, it still smells like i mean, nice leather when you open it up, never smoked in. Um, that was a joke and some of you are not following. But yeah, thank you. Uh, inside it is a little book that my dad gave me in 1972, I believe, 71 or 72, it, it was a little American greeting, I'd love to say it was a hallmark, but it's a little bitty book. And it is an illustrated poem, If, by Rudyard Kipling, that concludes with, if you can do all these things, you'll be a man, my son. So I carried that. I mean, years later, I'd had that with me in so many moves in the military, uh, so much so that the, the little paper envelope that it came in had started to dissolve. I kept it in a Ziploc baggie, and I put it in that briefcase. So that little reminder of my father Along with the love of my wife, went with me to work every day. Hang on to that thought. Because there is, that still, even though it's a wonderful gift, it's not the best gift that I've ever received. Because the best gift I've ever received, if you have your Bibles, is uh, explained to us as Brian did in Luke, the second chapter. The best gift ever foretold by a prophet named Isaiah and proclaimed by angels in the gospel of Luke. For a child has been born to us, a son given to us, Jesus, the greatest gift of Christmas for you and me and everyone. Let's uh, look at the. Stand with me, please. I'm reading from King James today. This won't even be. So, guys, I'm sorry. I don't think I. I probably didn't update this. If you want to try to switch it to King James fast, I don't know if you can do that. But this is what I memorized it in, as so many of you did. I'm going to read from uh, verse eight through verse twenty. were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph, and the babe laying in a manger, lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Here ends the reading. May God add his blessings to the reading and the hearing and especially the doing of his word. Let us pray. Father, as we uh, read the familiar story of the birth of our Savior... Help us to realize that no matter what was under the Christmas tree yesterday or Christmas Eve, that the greatest gift has already been extended to this world. And if we accept the love, the forgiveness, the salvation, the redemption, and the eternal life that comes to us through Christ Jesus, this life will be Christmas each and every day because of your love, because of what your son did on Calvary. Speak to us today through these words. Wake them up in us and help us to reconsider the gift of Jesus. This I pray in his name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. So let's talk And wow factor. i try to get you out early today. Some of you are probably still asleep. I, I, I did see a couple of you looking a little bit, you know, Wrap too many presents, unwrap too many. Some of you might find it difficult to find the wow factor in a manger. After all, what a humble beginning that the Savior of the world, the one we would call the King of Kings, would not be in some Bethlehem hospital or even a nice home with midwives and others to attend to marry, but there, as we have it, in a manger. Yet the announcement of the prophecy of Jesus and of his birth would have been proclaimed almost 700 years before. In fact, it was the prophet Isaiah that I referred to earlier and that we see some of his words echoing here in this second chapter of Luke. That he had gave a prophecy, he had given direction to the king of Judah of the time. The king was afraid that other nations would come in and take over the southern kingdom. He was afraid of the northern kingdom coming in to Judah. And he was, King Ahaz was his name if you want to know. He he was getting ready to make some alliances with some terrible nations just to fight his countrymen who would come in and take over his throne. And to that, Isaiah says, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Now, Sending a birth announcement 700 years prior to the baby's birth, proclaiming what that baby's going to be, is pretty cool. Now, I'll pick on Pierce for just a little bit. I got a Christmas card. and You had struggled with the printing or whatever, right? They mailed the, the fact that the baby is coming, a second one, so give the Eatons a round of applause. But I don't think until... You know what happens? We have multiple kids too. So those of you who have a lot of children, the first one came. I drew a picture of an airplane, Dean, pulling a banner saying his name, his weight, and you know all that kind of stuff you put in the date. Had him reproduced on the Xerox machine, cut him up, and put a stamp on him and mailed him out. That was here in San Antonio for you, my big man. Yeah. Then number two comes when we're in uh, England, and. Once again, I found some way to trace out a double-decker bus. And we printed those out on red card stock. And we mailed those through the A-O-P-A-E or whatever they were in in Europe and mailed those back uh, to the folks. When the twins came along, I didn't know anything. I mean, I, I don't even remember when they were born. You know, life becomes a blur when they come in multitudes like that. But sending out a birth announcement is is a notice to everybody of the joy that has come to your house or that you anticipate coming to your house. The angels announced to the shepherds the glory of the Lord was there. Look at verses nine through thirteen. Uh, it begins with just a single angel first, right. Uh, Let me go back up to eight. And they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, can we not take that gift? Stop fearing what the world may bring to you when you've received the greatest gift. Wow factor right there. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And then it goes on, heavenly hosts in verse 14. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Wow. Angels announcing your child's birth. Angels announcing God's son. That's wow factor right there. Conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of a virgin. There are sermons we could do, and I've done on that. Wow. A child born of a virgin. Impossible in our human minds. Wow, there's wow factor in the gift that we serve. God loving me enough to send his son. That's wow factor right there. God loving you. My sins, your sins. That he would send his son for you and I. That's wow factor. The gift of the baby Jesus is still the best gift you will ever receive. Past, present, present. And future. So we got wow factor second. We got need. You ever needed someone to help you get into somewhere? I mean uh, you can take something as simple as a reservation, and especially when you have a, a family like I do, the size of ours, and when you have spouses, you got grandkids. Anytime you go out to eat, I'm looking for anybody. I'm sure your family the same way, right? Two rows of families that are large there. You, you take 12 or more people out, it's nice if one of them goes in early and gets the seats, if they'll allow that. And it's so fun to walk up. When everybody's in line, if you've ever been to one of those restaurants, everybody's in line, they're waiting with their beeper or, or whatever else they give you these days, to, you know text you and your table's ready and you know that someone that knows you is already inside. And you can go, hey, hey, I, I have a table. I, I have admission. I, I, I have a need, and it's already been met, and I'm going to go sit down with them. Those of you who have been in the military, as I uh, served, uh, we changed over the years. Used to be there was a sticker on the windshield, and uh, on that bottom of that sticker, it would tell you basically whether you're officer, enlisted, civilian, or what, and it would tell you to the gate guard, that, "Come on in," you know, "Come on in, come on in." And then 9/11 happens, and then you got to have an ID card, and they want to touch that ID card. And now things have gotten fancier, and I've gotten retired, which I enjoy not having to go there every day. They actually scan it with a little, you know, scanner, and looks at the ID card, and it pops up a picture of you on their little box and yeah, come on in. You're safe to come on in. We trust him today. If you ever forget your ID card, like stuck in your computer when you went to lunch, and I, I know for those who are in the cyber world, that's like a big no-no. They should just take your computer and lock. In fact, you work with some of the guys. Troy's back there shaking his head. I bet he would be one of those guys. If you ever leave your computer with your, your CAC card in it, there are some always some sneaky people just take it. And when you come back, you, 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 of course, if you got back on base, because you, if you left base, you couldn't get on without your ID card, there's some guy holding it and, and making fun of you. And if he really wants to follow the book, he probably makes you have to go do some remedial training, right? There's probably some class you'd have to do for that, information assurance or whatever. But to have somebody who will vouch you on is sort of a wonderful thing. You know, sometimes it's embarrassing, sometimes it's humbling. But um, being able to know the person who knows you, Enough to trust you, to let you in. That's a wonderful gift. And when you have that need to have someone know you, only Christ can know you better than anybody in this world. Here's a picture of a a place that I visited in Germany, if it works. Yeah, there you go. Uh, That's in Trier. It's right on the border between Germany and France. And uh, it dates back to 2nd A.D., Although the city, I think, is, goes back to 500 or 400 B.C. Uh, but that's one of the oldest Roman uh, structures that's uh, north of Italy uh, in uh, Germany. And um, in that, that's the, it's called the uh, uh, Porta Nigra, black, black gate or black door. Um, there you can go. And actually what's funny what was built as a fortress actually became an abbey and actually had worship services in it above it. But as one uh, theologian uh, that I met from Dallas once explained, that when you look at the different titles, and if you were involved in our Advent video series that we did on Wednesday nights with uh, um, yeah J.D. Greer, and one of the words he talks about is wonderful counselor, uh, a counselor might set or be living in a gate such as that that gated a city. And when you came to the city after the doors had been shut and secured, if the counselor didn't know you, you didn't get in through the gate. We have a wonderful counselor. He knows you, and in spite of who you have been and might even still be, he lets you in to have fellowship with you. We all have that need. Look at Isaiah 9.6 9.6 for just a second a like I, I didn't mark it in this Bible I decided to read from King James at the last second because I just thought it read easier for me after I stumbled through my NIV too many times Isaiah 9.6 <clears throat> For unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor the Mighty God the Everlasting Father the Prince of Peace Wonderful counselor, he recognizes you, he recognizes me, and he lets us in. That's some wow factor and that's some need factor all together. The greatest gift ever combines both wow and need. Christ knows what it's like to be tempted. He knows what it's like to need to have someone to rely on. He knows what it's like to be disappointed. He knows what it's like to be frustrated. He knows what it's like to live this human life Because he came and lived the life that we have lived. And yet he lived without sin. Christ knows. He knows you. And he knows your need. Even sometimes before we acknowledge our needs. So wow factor, need, and finally longevity. Now how many times have you heard, I got socks older than you. Uh, sometimes they, in the military they might have said i got underwear older than you but yeah yeah uh my oldest son yesterday drank you know we drink a lot of coffee in our house especially i've got my wife who drinks coffee she used to drink tea now she drinks coffee we drink a lot of coffee and the kids come over for christmas and we're i don't know how many pots we made talk about aaron i told you i'd, I'd make your face turn red you know we all gave gifts to each other here on the staff and and aaron's gift to me i'm sure mine was different than pierce's right I don't know. I'll have to compare what Pierce got. I got a bag of coffee, coffee cup, some rags for the car, and a polishing little uh, sponges. Does he know the recipient of his gift? Well, absolutely. God knows the recipients of his gift and what they need. Yeah, I know. They're talking about Pierce's gift, and that's a story for another day. But... Yeah, that's what happens. You start chasing rabbits. Uh, Tall is drinking, grabbing coffee. At our house, if you, if you ever come, we, we'll start doing the pizzas with the pastor maybe again when all the COVID. We used to have everybody over our house like every other Friday or whatever until we got through the whole church cycle. Um, but on one side of the stove are my coffee cups. On the other side are Brenda's coffee cups because they're Polish pottery and we're not allowed to touch them. Because if you break one of those, you know, you fear the wrath of God. Um, But I'm about to move some of mine into Brenda's side because Tull grabbed a coffee cup of mine that I got when I first was in the Air Force. So it's really older than him and it has like the Air Force seal on it and the chaplain symbol, all that kind of stuff. I said, be careful when you're drinking with that. He goes, I'll I'll try not to drop it. But there are so many things like that that just longevity makes them worth even more to you. I mean, we, we... I don't know, maybe you've got some things that are like the Energizer bunny in your life that keep going and going. And relationships are often one of those things. I mean, we've celebrated a relationship of 65 years, of 51 years, and I'm sure they started before those marriage events. So those relationships have been going on and on. And you have friendships that have lasted a long time. And I know some of you say, well, relationships can come and go. But we learn, and as we grow in Christ Jesus, the longevity of His love for us that never ends, the the capacity of His forgiveness for us, what He gave up for us as we spend more time in Him, the longevity of our relationship with Him outlasts anything that the world has to offer. What did the angels say in Luke 2 verse 11? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. You know, knowing that we have a Savior, that that's wow factor, that's need, and that's longevity all there together. I heard a song on the way to church today, and I, and I thought, I don't even get the name of it because maybe we'll try it someday. One of the lines, it says, it said something to the fact, it was, it was K-Love I'm sure I was listening to, I guess. Because uh, was a Christian song, One Country, Iraq, which are my other three button selections on the, on the radio. Um, it said, when Christ is in the battle, we've already won. I mean, if Jesus is on your side, unless you give up, th- th- you know the outcome. If Christ is on your side, if he's the savior of, your, of the world, and he's in your heart, you will overcome through him. Well, there was an old man, and this is a preacher story, but I kind of like it. Old man, 90 years old, was asked what he attributed to his longevity. He said, well, I reckon, with a twinkle in his eye, it's because most nights I went to bed and slept when I could have stayed up and worried. Hopefully you won't lose sleep over worry. Hopefully you didn't lose any sleep on your Christmas gifts because I want you to know fathers will always tell their children thank you for ties and socks. And I want you to know grandmothers will always buy socks and pajamas and sometimes sweaters that look strange. (laughs) Kids will always want the latest toy or action figure or electronic item. But the greatest gift is Jesus. Back to my briefcase. I didn't bring it in today because... Well, I didn't want you to covet my (laughs) briefcase. But when I did go look at it, I had to remind myself that that little Kipling uh, illustrated book is no longer there. I gave it to my youngest son about four or five years ago. And the greatest gift that you can give someone else is the good news of Jesus Christ. So when you have received that great gift of the love of Jesus, the love of the Father, that comes to us, brings us forgiveness, brings us eternal life, longevity, I mean, that's kind of a weak word compared to eternal life. But it brings us all those things. When you take that gift and extend it to someone else, give it to someone else, they are now in possession of the greatest gift as well. And that's what we're called to do as followers of Jesus. And if that's not the greatest gift, well, then you ought to remove your name from my gift list. Because you're never going to get a better gift than Jesus. Stand with me, please, we pray. Our fathers, we uh, have now a time of action, a time of decision, a time of commitment. Whether someone decides to walk the aisle and come forward and talk to me about what's on their heart, or whether they're standing there as the song is being sung, or maybe they're coming here to the steps of this uh, platform area to kneel and pray, I would ask you to let your Holy Spirit grab hold of each one of us with the power and the love of Jesus. We are in the most fertile season of the church year. People have talked about Christmas. Some have experienced what the world offers. Let us share with them the greatest gift of knowing the Savior Jesus. So Lord, if there's someone here today that's struggling, that felt the burdens of this world and they feel like no one cares or they feel like no one could forgive them for what they have done, remind them that Jesus walked the earth just as we have. He knows what it's like to be tempted. He knows what it's like to cry. He knows what it's like to suffer. He even knows what it's like to be hungry and homeless. But by placing our faith, our our forward steps of walking with him, he will release that guilt, that burden, and he will walk with us through this life in which we live. Lord, speak to us now, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.